evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Crystal Palace Women's Show, brought to you as always by Eagle Eye View, uh, myself, Mike, and my co-host, Phil. Uh, we have a very different flavour for tonight. Uh, first of all, though, let me just say, uh, I hope everyone's had a fantastic Christmas, um, and Happy New Year to everybody. Um, obviously, we are now in 2024, so uh, hopefully it is going to be a very good year for everybody. Um, I'm sure we say that every year. Uh, <laughs> the old resolutions and everything's set in place, uh, which I must admit I don't really bother with myself because I'm too lazy to keep them. Uh, so first of all, uh, before I introduce what the show's going to be, I just want to check, Phil, are you there, my friend? I am indeed, Mike. Happy New Year to you and everyone else. Um, 2024, I can't believe it. It's come around so quick. And um, yeah, I mean, the last year just flew by, didn't it? So um could be a big year, couldn't it, for quite a few of us. I think Saints fans are here and Palace fans and who knows? It could yeah, be we'll <laughs> it could be a big <laughs> it could be a big season, big year twenty twenty four. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to the chat today actually. How are you, Mike? Did you have a good Christmas and everything? Yeah, first of all, I think Graham's gonna be sitting there going, Oh, you've forgotten the lasses. Oh, of course. Um, well, absolutely. Right up there. Yeah, the lasses as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, well, they've done remarkably well as well. So it's a brilliant season. It's the closest it's probably ever been. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, can't forget Sunderland, of course. They've been magnificent. No, absolutely. Um, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, yes, but good, all, all good here. Thanks, mate. Uh, it's going so quick, isn't it? It's crazy to think that it's... Yeah. It's over for another year already, you know. It's it's just just mad, really. But um, yeah, yeah, no, ticking along. Um, so what, what I was saying is obviously with with time and everything, I know the you know I don't want to delay stuff. So uh, tonight we're doing a special edition of the show. Um, last Friday, the 29th, was the two year anniversary of this podcast. Um, I did try to wangle uh, a, a different special uh, special player interview but I couldn't get it sorted out um, so we didn't have one last week so this is our first pod of the year so we are now two years old as a podcast um, but tonight we we did one of these last year um, it, might, it should be even bigger this year we are waiting on uh, Mark Rose um, from Watford but we are doing what I call the championship round table where it's uh, fans from various clubs we're all in together. Um, it's an opportunity to talk about uh, our clubs so far this season. Um, give everyone a bit of insight in perhaps you know where where we where we've been so far, uh, and and the, the championship in general. I think it's a great opportunity for us as fans to talk about a subject that doesn't get enough conversation about. So it might be various topics um, in in football in football <laughs> in general. Uh, I'm already balling it up. So in uh, the women's game. So um, I can see uh, we've got Graham. He's stepping in because Ant, Ant unfortunately got COVID. So Graham's um, stepping in kindly for us for the lasses. If you, Graham, if you want to uh, request again to speak, uh, better as a speaker. Um, we should have Jude as well from um, the All Saints pod. Uh, Jude, if you want to request as well, I did send you one. If you want to request in, um, and I can add you on as a speaker. Um, and okay, we're just getting everyone in. Right, okay, so uh, I think we've got Ash here as well. From uh, we have Ash, from you're Wallace. welcome to join us if you want, if you want, to, want to come in as well. 
Because Lewis, um, it's been quite interesting with Lewis because of the takeover that never happened and everything. It'd be really interesting to hear Ashley's view on that, actually. But um, I don't want to put you under pressure, Ashley, if you don't want to join, of course, because it's a bit late notice for you, probably. But you're welcome to. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to hear from you. Absolutely. It's definitely it was, it was the topic I was going to bring up, so it'd be great to hear, actually, from the club where Ashley's joined us. Superb. Um, so just uh, Mark from Watford uh, is the only one we're, we're missing at the moment. Um, I don't know if you're able to message him, Phil, just to chase him up, and we'll we'll, we'll get started on things. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks. Oh no, I think he's in. He's in. Aha, uh-huh. Mark, welcome. Do you want to just uh, send a request from the corner? We'll add you in, and we will be good to go. Well, do whilst um, Mark's putting that request in, I just want to. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure this a couple of times tonight. Just a reminder for those uh, who may not be aware, uh, Phil and I, we are doing a um, a raffle. We've got a signed shirt, Palace shirt, with the whole women's squad signed it for this season, and two tickets for the rearranged Sheffield United game. Where whenever that game is rearranged for, we we, we don't know the date yet, um, but we're doing a raffle. It's on GoFundMe. Uh, five pound gets you five entries in. And all the proceeds go to the Medicuzac Foundation. So um, we are urging as many people as possible, please, to to take part in that. You don't have to be part of the raffle. If you if you want to be part of the raffle, when the Palace shirt, sign Palace shirt, um, then if you if you um, donate, then just message me on here um, and let me know that you do, and I can give you your numbers. Um, but equally, if you're not a Palace fan and you just want to help a great cause then, you know, you're more than welcome to. Uh, you know, we, we're up to £205 now, um, which is which is great, which is fantastic. So, obviously, the more we can get it up, the better. And, um, as I say, it's going to a worthy cause. So, that is pinned on my profile. Um, so, anyone, if you wish to donate to that, if you go onto my profile on here, the, twin, the pinned tweet at the top is um, that that raffle. So please go there and take a look. Uh, Mark, I have sent you a request to uh, to speak. I don't know if you've got it come through at all. If not, if you press the mic in the corner, it should send the request to me. Um, what we'll do, what we're trying to get you on, we'll get, we get started. Um, so, yeah, as I say, if, if everyone's happy, my, my plan is to, for everyone to have a speak about what the, the expectation of the club was perhaps in, in the summer. Um, where you're at at the moment and how you think things have gone so far, where you think it could go. It's kind of a little overview for everyone who's listening to get an idea of, of where the different clubs are at. Um, and then it will be a case, my, a case of, is this topics that people want to talk about? I know there's a couple of things I'd like to mention. I know Juju suggested a couple of ideas. So the idea, if there's anything that anyone wants to talk about, ideally in relation to the, the Women's Championship this season uh, or the Women's Game in general, um, then this is a great for forum to talk about that um there is that put your hand up option even i can't remember how to do it <laughs> if anyone can fathom that out remember how to do it and wants to do that at times if they've got something to say then by all means do it if not it's be a free for all of, of, of uh, uh, uh unmuting yourself and then saying something um so with that said uh what i'll do because me and phil waffling all the time <laughs> about Palace, so we'll have our regular listeners will hear us going on. So I'd like to throw it out to our our, our guests um, to start with uh, a view and other clubs. What do you know? What I'm going to do. I'm going to do it in alphabetical order. Um, so hey, we've got Mark in as a speaker now. 
Brilliant. Welcome, Mark. Um, so we start in alphabetical order. So if we start with Lewis, we start with Ash. Uh, Ash, if you're happy to, uh, just to give us a little overview of kind of where your your expectations were with Lewis in the in the summer and where it's at the moment and how you think it's going. Yeah. Good evening, everyone. Uh, really nice to to hear you and to to meet up with you guys. Um, so expectations wise, I guess when we saw. Uh, you know, three quarters of the team leaving in the summer, my expectations dropped consider- considerably. Um, and and then not long into the season, we started to hear rumours of the of the Mercury 13 um, or some interest in, shall we say, interest from investors. It wasn't Mercury 13 in those, in those times. Um, uh, and so the expectations kind of shifted. So we were kind of expecting a very tough first half of the season. Uh, we certainly got a, a tough start to the season with Southampton giving us a proper walloping at home in the first game. If we weren't uh, sure how things would go with the new squad um, before that game, we certainly knew afterwards that we had a long road ahead. Um, the team actually hasn't played badly. Um, the teams, the, the, the outfield players, uh, the goalkeeper, obviously Sophie Whitehouse is a great keeper. Um, the team has settled in quite well. The, the midfield's playing quite well. We don't have anyone to put the ball in the, in the onion bag. Uh, it's been a long-standing problem at Lewis. Goal scoring, if you look at our goals for column, um, the only times we've been up the table is when we've had a we've kept clean sheets. Um, and the problem this season has been when we have gone behind in games, we haven't got the firepower to come back. So... I guess the the fears of seeing all those players leave early on um, and not seeing any known faces coming in, um, it kind of the kind of re- those fears were realised, um, and then with with no proven goal scorer or recognised striker um, in the starting eleven for six or seven games, um, things are always going to be tough. Um, we're expecting some changes. Uh, in the summer, I know of three players coming in, one of which has been announced in the in the media, and another two that are waiting to be confirmed. Um, but I guess the big news that everyone's really keen on is what happened to the Mercury Thirteen uh, investment plan. Um, and as you probably know, it was all done very publicly. The uh, the fans were consulted. Uh, and they approved the, the negotiations to continue um, on about a, a two-thirds majority. I personally was against it because we didn't know and we couldn't find out who was behind the money, although we knew who the figurehead was from Mercury 13. We didn't know who the other investors were. And from an ethical point of view, that was very muddy water. Um, we, When the board decided to go ahead with the negotiations, we asked them to proceed uh, do due diligence on the on the money uh, and then it was shortly after that they had conversations with uh, Mercury um, and one, one thing just to clear up that it was never an investment it was always a purchase it was a 51% equity sale of Lewis FC women from Lewis FC the holding company so we, we would have lost control of our team um, and Mercury 13 would have been able to then go forward and do whatever they wanted to do. There were certain caveats to the deal where they'd have to stay at the dripping pan for three seasons. And uh, But you can, as you can imagine, quite a few of us had serious concerns about that. 
Um, but ultimately, the deal fell through, and the official reason that was given was that um, the, the the idea of that amount of support for the women's team uh, without a, a commensurate uh, support of the men's team went against the Quality FC ethos. Uh, made a few of us chuckle because <clears throat> that was pretty obvious from the start that that was going to be um, an issue. Uh, if you've got someone putting 5.2 million into the club ostensibly to to take over the women's team, that's always going to create an imbalance. So the Quality FC thing was was never should never really have been the reason for the talks to to end. There are suspicions that perhaps uh, the clubs that the team's league position. Uh, might have uh, led to a few difficult questions and difficult conversations, but none of that's been made public, and certainly none of that's been made uh, been notified to the owners, uh, of which I'm one. So um, we have to take it at face value that the reason the deal ended was because of the imbalance of support for the the men's and the women's teams. Um, in terms of uh, the second half of the season, well, it's all to play for. Um, there's a few. There's been a few uh, teams drifting a little bit um, towards the end of the first half of the season. Uh, I've seen enough on the pitch to suggest that Lewis have got something about them or enough about them to make a fight of it in the second half of the season. Um, they, if we don't bring in someone who can put the ball in the onion bag, though, we will be uh, we'll be leaving the championship this season. Excellent. Thanks for that, Ash. And uh, def- the, um, the takeover saga, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to go around the other everyone else first of all, but I've definitely got a, a couple of questions yeah, um, sure. to ask about that a bit later on, if that's okay. Just, it's of really course. interesting because obviously we, just, you know, we, from an outside perspective, it's, it's kind of twofold because I think sometimes it's interesting to share what, what we've noticed from an outside perspective, but also, you know, you form an opinion, don't you? And it's great to be able to have someone like yourself who's right in the heart of it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a topic I'd love to come back to. Um, so if we, if we move around then, keep it in alphabetical order. Uh, Jude Southampton, uh, you're up next if you're happy to. Good evening, everybody. How are we doing? Good evening, Jude. Not too bad yourself. Yeah, yeah, all right. Thank you. Looking forward to the football coming back though. Missing it, missing it big time. Well, the women that is. Obviously, the men are doing all right at the moment. Touch wood. Probably that was probably the kiss of death, though. Knowing me, yeah, um... he definitely had a resurgence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eighteen games unbeaten. Wow. Um, yeah, not going too badly in that regard. Anyway, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about the women. So yeah, um, I think we've been a bit Jekyll and Hyde. Really, we've either won or we've lost. There's not been any in between, and um, that's kind of frustrating. Uh. There's a couple of games where we should have won, could have won if we'd just been a little bit more clinical and a little bit more, um, yeah, on it and <clears throat> and on it for the whole 90 minutes, not just uh, the 45 or what have you. And then there are other games that have been absolute blinders, like, um, yeah, like against Lewis, which really sorry, um, although I have to say I wasn't actually there for that one, so it wasn't my voice that was shouting with the team. Um, yeah, I, yeah, definitely a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde. And I really just hope that the team that we saw against Arsenal in the Conti Cup, that's a team that we know can play the way that they can play. And we know that they 
they're brilliant at what they do. And every everyone on the pitch was absolutely superb that night. And they can go toe-to-toe with the likes of Arsenal in the WSL. Problem is, we're not in the WSL. And uh, there's certain other teams within this league who don't play the way that we play or the way that we want to play. And therefore, it's really tricky, isn't it? Because you've got to be able to... Ah, yeah, get above the the likes of your Durhams and your Charltons and your Birminghams to be able to get out of the league. And yeah, we're struggling, I think, a little bit with that. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting um, second half of the season for us, for sure. But still up there. It's definitely been a bizarre one with with your win-loss record, as you say. It's um, crazy, isn't it? Five losses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of kind of played five losses in fifth. Uh, yeah, I know you only just dropped the fifth. It's, it's kind of mad, really. Yeah, um, and and still only two points off the top. Yeah, you know, it's, it's wow. And Birmingham didn't win for like five games at the start of the season, and they're now top. It's just insane. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely going to be um, it's going to be an interesting run in for the next. Oh, well, it's only ten games, isn't it? Ah, oh, I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it to end. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Graham, Sunderland up next. Hi, everyone. All right. How you doing, Graham? Good. Yeah, good. Uh, standing for Ant, like you, you said earlier on. If you bear with me a second, because I was just been having a bit of tea, because I was <laughs> didn't realise I was coming on until later on. But, um, no worries. Yeah, so we were um, sort of talking about, you know, just at the start of the... Uh, the Twitter spaces there, or the X spaces, as they call it now. Um, you were talking about sort of expectation, like where we are, what, what we're potentially going to do going forward. And I think at the start of the season, we were a little bit worried. It's uh, because we'd lost some good players. <coughs> we had a, a player who'd retired, who, uh, who'd done well the year before, just through work situation. Um, we'd, we'd lost, like, Neve Heron to Birmingham. Um, we'd we'd lost Emma Kelly to Newcastle, so it was a little bit of a worry. We were losing some of our better players, um, so th- there was a little bit of pessimism between like our little group chat. I'm sure you guys all have the same with your teams. Um, the likes of my aunt, uh, myself, a few of the other guys were saying like it's you know it's a bit of a worry, particularly with this, the league going to, to two relegated rather than the one. Um, it was a bad time for those things to be happening, so we're all a little bit worried. And then we started to bring some players in. Obviously, we started to get a little bit more upbeat, but we didn't really know a huge amount about the players, so it was always a, a worry. Um, but we've, we've so initially the expectations were, you know, it's going to be a relegation battle. We'll just obviously have a, a steady season and then maybe push on from there. Um, but the, all of the signings have been really, really good. They've been excellent signings. So we've, we've in fact strengthened um, over over the summer when, in fact, we thought we maybe said weakened. Um, obviously, Anne was a really good player. She she would obviously still get get inside. Um, other than that, I think all the, the players who left would, would probably struggle to get in there now, which is always a good sign. Sound that we've, we've brought in players who were better than what than left. Um, like I say, Neve would, would 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 get in there definitely. But other than that, I think it probably would would be difficult for them. Um, I'll be totally honest. I, I I've not had a, a season. For the men's or women's and our recruitment team is relatively good for the men. We normally pick up a few gems for, for very little money. Um, but I've never seen a transfer window as good, like in terms of the, the players that they've all sort of like come in. And it's rare that you get it where they all kind of come in and play in the team rather than be squad players. 
Um, I mean, I'm not expecting it to be like that every window. Um, obviously, it did help because we went to a full-time hybrid model, so we've never had that before. Um, we've never had the. We've always had to kind of fish around our regional talent centre, which obviously we've got a good reputation over the years, and it is a bit of a conveyor belt. But obviously, the girls who come out of there are always young. Um, so asking Mel to pull a rabbit out of the hat every year it was difficult. So this year or this summer, we actually could offer full-time contracts to to players, which which was great because I think, like I say, I think this might have been the season where we might have just sort of got caught out by by going around for sort of players who maybe couldn't get a game for Durham um, and players who were just coming through the, the RTC. So it was really good timing. Um, I think... I don't know if the signings come from our our director of football and men's. There's not 100% on that. I think Mel's obviously got a big input, but we've got a very good director of football for the men's, and I think it's quite data-driven. I think we're obviously pushing to try and go the same way with Brentford and Brighton. Um, so I think there's probably an element of the men's side came into it with data as well, and obviously Mel's obviously has a great knowledge as well. So I think it's... I'm not going to expect that every transfer window, but it was kind of... The signings were, were unbelievable. I mean, Natasha Fenton's been superb. Um, Jenna Dia, obviously we got her from Blackburn, so that was somebody who we would never have been able to attract um, in the past to, to take away someone's best player. It was just never heard of for us over the, for a good few years. So that was really good. And that was um, because we could offer a full-time contract. We've got Jenna Dia, who I knew a little about, but she's a very good player, came from the States. Um Molly Rouse looks really good as well. Katie Kitchen, Amy Goddard, it's just amazing how they've all all just sort of hit the ground running. And, and for that many players to come in and start and do so well, it's been really good. So it's it's kind of gone like much better than we could ever expect. Um, sort of where we are going forward, obviously Birmingham beat us. It wasn't a 3-0 game. They were the better side, but we just couldn't. We had a few chances. We just wasn't going to be our day. They defended really, really well. To give them credit for that. Um, so nobody's really spoke about promotion this season um, at all. If I'm being honest, um, I think I've just looked at the fixtures again there, and I think if the next four league games, if we if we look strong and maybe win three of those, which I don't know because the league's so hard. At the end of the day, you can lose against anybody. It's such a tight league. I think we could maybe revisit it at that point. At the moment, I think I'd be top, happy with the top five finish, which it looks as though hopefully we'll get. Um, but if those games we've got coming up against Sheffield United, Blackburn, Lewis, and I can't remember the other team we've got. Um, if we come out with maybe three wins in there, potentially we might talk about promotion, but I think it'll be a, a big ask. So, you know, I think it's just been an incredible season. Um, and I just... You know, I don't know if we're looking to bring anybody in in January. I don't. I, I don't think we've got a huge budget, so maybe he's not. Um, maybe he's could potentially look at bringing somebody in full back who could play both full back positions potentially. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been from sort of very, very negative at the start of the season, understandably, because we thought we we're just losing everybody. We then got that full time model, and you know things are looking pretty pretty good. Yeah, you've, you've definitely been the uh, surprise package, I think, in the league this season. I know Phil and I, at the start, when we were doing, the, um, I think, the first pod of the season, and we we were both concerned for yourselves because, um, obviously, you know, last season was a struggle. Uh, you did kind of slip down the table a bit towards the end. And as you say, with the, the departures that you had, 
Um, we were worried, but we were worried about ourselves, as you say, with the two spots uh, going down now. But we were definitely worried about yourselves. But I mean, it's been fantastic for you. Um, obviously, Claudia Moan still got the most amount of clean sheets, and she was five. Been great. I mean, it's made a big difference going full time. I mean, we did a little piece on Rugby Report late, uh, recently where we all put in our moment of the year. And I'd put in it was the full time contracts for us. Um, total game changer with us based up in the northeast. We couldn't just keep going to the well, like I just said there before, and expecting Mel to sort of pull things out the fire every year, you know. Yeah, we have got very good talent centre and we do churn out. We've got some cracking young players coming through now. Girls, 15, 16 year olds, scored in the Conti Cup. She's England captain. You know, we do have a good reputation for good young players. Um, but we can't expect Mel to do that every year. You know, Mel, like the odd Durham player who's on the fringes, we're just never going to get anywhere doing that. So the owner at Sunland is, is, is obviously committed to paying. I mean, we don't pay silly wages or anything like that. There's obviously players who've gone and done a, other jobs that pay more and left. Um, but obviously it's done enough to sort of convince some of the girls to, you know, if you can play football for a living of the half-decent wage, you're going to do it. Um, but hopefully that'll keep increasing over the years. But that was a game changer for us. Um, and, and obviously Claudia, she's full time now, so she was always part time. So she's now can concentrate on her football. We've got a full time goalkeeping coach, full time assistant manager, full time manager, and it does make a big difference. It makes a huge difference. I don't think it was any coincidence that last year the bottom teams were all part time. Don't get us wrong, you can still do it. We proved that. Other teams like Lewis, other teams have proved that you do okay. But I think when push comes to show, it, it is difficult for them. You know, It must be a nightmare, You know, some of these long travels on a Sunday night knowing you've got work the next day, um, as opposed to somebody who knows that maybe has got a rest day. You know, it's, it's all, it, it does get tiring, I think, for, for them by the end of the season. So, yeah, that's been a big help. But I think, obviously, I've got to take my hat off to the performances of the team as well. They've been really, really good. And Katie Kitchen, I, I never saw her much at London City, but she's been sensational, absolutely sensational. So she's got a call up in New Zealand. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just take it as it comes. I don't see us being absolute nail on for getting promoted, but we're there or thereabouts. And like I said before, four games, next four games might give us a bit more of an idea. But there's no pressure on them. I don't think there's any pressure at this end. Yeah, I think you made a key point there. I think the, the change of full time. Phil and I said this last season. It's the it's the fitness when you when you suddenly go as you say from you know it's a, two nights of training a week we were doing a couple of hours after a long working day and that to you know you know full regular full time training. We used to, our problem used to be we we could match a team at times for sixty minutes and then we would we'd trail off because we just didn't have the fitness and everyone else and everyone else did. Um, so it, it, I think that plays a huge part and as you say last season the, the league in the end I think bowled maybe one team pretty much finished that split of full time to part time um, so no it definitely makes a, a huge difference um, uh, right Mark uh, it's your turn if you want to come forward hello yeah you guys hear me you can indeed mate well that's good I've, I've finally sorted out the, the, the technical issue on my phone Uh <laughs> That's why I couldn't respond earlier. Um, oh, where do I start? Firstly, a belated Happy New Year to everyone. Um, it's uh, I'm kind of hoping this year is going to be a little bit better than the back end of last year for us. But um, yeah, it's been it's nice being back in the championship um, for Watford. I'm not going to lie; it's it is a nice feeling, but we. Got to get our. I feel this second half of the season now we've got to get our act together because 
uh, we've thrown too many games away this season. And I know, Phil, you saw my WhatsApp message after our last game against London City when I just had completely yeah. enough lost it. Yeah, it was incredible, wasn't it? Three nil up, and then a um, couple of goalkeeping errors, and oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, awful. I felt, <clears throat> I really felt for you, Mark, because you know that was a massive game as well, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was absolutely huge, and we'd all earmarked it, saying, you know, this is one that could really give us like some real big confidence. You know, especially after we played the FA Cup game the previous week against the the other Southampton team. Um, you know, the girls looked really up for it, but you know, I just I, I still haven't worked out what went wrong. Um, I think naivety, I think, crept in. I think they thought the job was done at 3 0. Um, I know London City's new owner was there that day as well, which was uh, very entertaining. Um, because I actually caught a glimpse of the, uh, I caught a glimpse of her, and she she looks like she means business, so I think. The rest of us have got to, the rest of the teams have got to watch out because um, I'm not going to rule them out making some sort of comeback soon. Um, if it's not this season, it will definitely be next season. But uh, but yeah, I think for the first half of this season, I'd, I'd sum it up for Watford as massively frustrating. There's been games where we've been in it for so long, and then we've somehow managed to lose, or we just you know, just not turned up at times. You know, I think, you know, the I think about the game, Phil, against you guys at home. Um, you know, Palace tour. Oh, I think we've lost Mark there. Um, unless anyone else can hear him. No, I think we've lost him as well, Mike. No, it's he's funny, actually, he was referring... Oh, Mark, he's still there. Yeah, I'm still. There. I'm still. There. I think we. Oh, we just we just lost we just lost you for a few seconds. Good to have you back, mate. Yeah, so sorry about that. I, mean, I don't know what my phone's doing. It's playing silly buggers tonight. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, you know, I was just saying we're just you know victims of our own downfall at times, and you know silly errors, individual errors have really cost us. And I think one thing you know, I, I know some of the. Uh, People are saying, like, you know, about goalkeepers, us losing um, Olivia Clark back to Bristol City was, you know, hasn't really helped us, I don't think, because we've now only got really one fit goalkeeper to choose from. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting second half of the season for us, but I, don't, I, I personally don't know if we're going to stay up or not. No, it's incredibly tough. And in, in a minute, there's when we move on to the discussing things, I'll, I'll get things underway with uh, something to do with the relegation places. Um, so I'll kind of hold off for a minute on that. Uh, but appreciate that, Mark. Um, uh, Phil, do you want to just say from the Palace perspective, um, save so everyone listening to me all the time? <laughs> yeah. Um, please come in, Mike, and correct me, though, if you, if you disagree. Um, yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, I think it's been great to listen to everyone. And, I haven't, there's nothing that surprised me really with what people have said. It's what I thought the situations probably were at the clubs. Um, I, I think it's a really tight league, and as as was said mentioned earlier, anyone can really beat anyone um, on the day. It's just it's, it's it's the best competition that we've had in this league. It's usually been a club that sort of run away with it, you know. So, or well, there's 
maybe just been two at the top fighting it out but to have five or six up there you know um is incredible really and uh yeah i mean I, I can see the top of the table i know birmingham are up there and they're on a bit of a run but i can still see a few change I, I think there'll be a few surprises and i think um i think it will still be quite um be, you know i think there'll be a few changes at the top before the end of the season i don't think birmingham although i think they are the strongest team i do think that they they've had a wobbly start had a great run and then I just wonder whether or not they might just have another little spell. You never know. Hope so anyway. <laughs> Give everyone else a chance. But um, as far as Palace are concerned, well, we didn't really know what to expect. We had lots of changes in the summer. So we had a new manager, new assistant manager, new ground, new head of women's football. So everything basically changed. Um, the one thing, I, I mean, I think ev everyone who's come in has, has done a remarkable job. Um, the one thing I would say, though, is our recruitment's been very good. Um, we signed some really superb players um, to complement the players that we had. We, lo we lost some good players as well. Cole Haynes obviously went to well, went to your uh, Watford, um, and Coral was probably over the last three seasons or so probably one of our most consistent and and, and best players. So I was really disappointed that she that she left in the summer, um, uh, and. Um, I don't think she could commit to the full time. She's got a job, I think, up in I think up near Watford as a school. I think she works in a school. Um, so I think it was difficult for Cole to sort of to, to, to fit in with what Palace needed um full time. But um so we lost a lost a really good player there. We you know, um we lost a couple of other players as well. Um so um it was uh it was a, it, it, we didn't really know because I, I I must admit I knew I knew about Hayley Nolan from London City because she'd she'd been pretty much an ever present there, so I knew she was solid at the back. I didn't really know much about Sinead Hopcroft, but what a player! I mean, she's just been a revelation, and I would say our best signing. Um, she's just been brilliant, um, a, a real engine in midfield, but also very good footballer and scores goals. I mean, it's just she's got everything really, you know. So she's been an in incredible signing for us. Um, and then we've got some very good young players that we've managed to get in from, so you know, WSL clubs. So, you know, we've got Araya Dennis. I know she was at Watford for the end of last season, so Mark will know about her. So Araya's been brilliant for us, really quick, right-sided uh, midfielder, winger. And then Lexi Potter from Chelsea in midfield has been outstanding um, in the last few games, especially since she started to get in the team regularly. She's just been outstanding. As a 17-year-old, she's just taken that division by storm, really. And then um, Kira uh, Barry, we've got from Man United, but she's been injured for most of the season. Just made a brief appearance and scored um, in the Conti Cup, um, but we haven't really seen much of her at all. Um, uh, and um, Lucy Watson, of course, as well from Chelsea. So... Um, who's again coming back from an injury and has made a couple of sub appearances, but not much more than that. So I think um, the recruitment's been really good, um, but Sinead's been outstanding. Uh, definitely the pick of the players that have come in for me. Uh, ex expectations at the beginning of the season, it was impossible to say because, of course, we had so many changes, um, you know, not just to the uh, management, but also you didn't know what we didn't know what Sutton was going to be like as a new ground, whether or not we'd settle in there. It's been amazing. We've, we're really happy there. Um, we feel really at home there. They've really looked after us. Um, and myself and Mike were fortunate enough to go and be invited to have a walk, walk around before the season started so we could choose where we wanted to put our flags and that and what end we wanted to stand at. So they've really sort of taken um, uh, 
you know, t- taken taken us in their hearts really. And every time we go there, we we made to feel really welcomed by everybody there, every single person. So that's been real plus for me, the ground situation um and how that's and we run and we're still unbeaten there as well um we've only lost one home game but that wasn't our home ground that was at Sellhurst um which is not our home ground we don't accept Sellhurst as the women's home ground so um it's been brilliant really we scored loads of goals I mean um Elise Hughes has scored uh, an incredible amount already she's she could hit 25 or 30 if she carries on I mean it's, it's just been amazing her finishing She's always been a great player, still only 22. My concern is that we might lose her at the end of the season because she's that good. But I don't know. I mean, hopefully we can keep her for a bit longer. She's just an exceptional player up front, uh, way ahead of her years. She plays like an experienced centre forward, brilliantly technic- brilliant technical ability and a great goal scorer. So I think, um, yeah, so from Palace's point of view, lots of changes and they, they're all basically come out as a positive as positives everything's gone really well um obviously there's always room for improvement i think we probably do not have much cover up front so if elise hughes got injured we haven't really got anyone there um but we've got a pretty decent all-round squad we've got some good cover um just about everywhere else by moving players around um uh and i think that's enough for us at the moment if we ever did get promoted, we'd need to have much more strength in depth, I think, in, and we'd need to need to have sort of good cover in every position. We haven't really got that, but we've got players that can cover a position if we need to. Um, for example, uh, Anna Philby plays in diff- holding midfielder, but she can play at centre back. So, but you know, you need you you need more than that if you get in the Super League. You've got to have strength everywhere, um, and players playing in their correct positions. Really, you can't you can't get away with it up there. So, I don't know if we're going to get promoted. I think it's going to be very difficult. Um, I think there's a, a lot of teams there, and I think defensively we still let in so many silly goals that um, are real, still a real concern. Um, we lost our goalkeeper at the beginning of the season, who was our player of the year, Fran Kitchen. Um, and so that's been a challenge as well. So we've we've had um, Natalia Negri at the beginning of the season. Um, and then we've, um, we've had uh, a new goalkeeper on, uh, I think, I don't know if Michael correct me, but I don't know if she's... I don't know if Lambourne's on loan from Leicester or if we've signed her for the season. But anyway, um, we've got Demi Lambourne, um, who's come in and done really well, actually. A bit more experienced. Natalia's going to be a super goalkeeper. She's just turned 20 today, actually. It's her birthday, but she's still young and she's uh, got some, still got a bit to learn about positional play and stuff. But she's going to be a top goalkeeper, I'm sure. She's a fantastic uh, shot stopper and a great goalkeeper. Brilliant with the ball at her feet as well. So, but I think Demi's just given us a little bit more experience, um, which has been helpful. I think it's also given Natalia a little bit of a break because it's a lot. It's a lot to take on as a young nineteen-year-old, especially in goal. You know, there's no hiding places there in goal. So, I think generally though, really happy, Mike. If you want to add anything, I know you you've probably got some things that I haven't said that you want to add, but I mean, I'm just really happy with the way things have gone and whatever happens now this season, it's just been the most enjoyable season because we've just seen so many goals and it's just been a joy to go to, to watch the games um, so far. Yeah. I, I need to make one correction. We're unbeaten at home. Uh, we're undefeated at home this season. We, we lost <laughs> a neutral venue. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, hang on. Definitely a neutral venue. Uh, mm, mm. So, yeah, I'm being at home. 
The uh... <laughs> Jude, you're never gonna pers- you're never gonna persuade him otherwise. You're no, just gonna. No, have to no, they're, they're really he, he does not. He won't consider Sellers to be our home for the women. It's <laughs> not the. Uh, so, um, but no, I think just all I would quickly add to it is I think for us um, the the difference like in previous seasons every year normally and it seems to be a thing at the championship, but the, the player turnover was so ridiculously high that you know we were replacing. 15 players, you know, and this, this summer is the first time where we still had it because we had to get with the, you know, the bench and stuff like that. So we had a fair few come in, but there's only like three players that if it wasn't for Fran's situation and that, that change in there should be in goal otherwise, it would only actually had three players come in um, to the first team. Otherwise it's the same first team. So um, I think the fact that how we're playing, We've never scored this many goals. We normally struggle for goals. And this season, you know, we can't stop scoring. And, um, you know, there's that belief that we, we can score in every game. Um, and I think to have done that with minimal like, first team changes and the fact of uh, a problem we've had this season is we've carried a lot of players who have not been fit um, because Kira Barry joined us after a long-term injury, immediately got injured, has been out all season by nine minutes. Uh, Lucy Watson joined us after 14 months out. She made a few subs appearances, got injured again, so she's been out. She's still trying to get back. Sibs has been out for a year for us after doing her ACL. Um, Annabelle Blanchard's been carrying injury. Um, and then we, we had, I think, like Leo Cataldo's had, had injuries during the summer. So we, we've, we've kind of carried a lot of players who uh, just haven't been able to do that many minutes. Um, so to be where we are, despite that, I think is is, is fantastic. Um, but our Achilles heel is still there in the fact that we can see goals. And it's the thing, when you look at the table, as I say earlier, it's crazy that Southampton are a fifth, but have lost, you know, nearly half their games. Well, like a third of them, are like that, I think it's, but it's kind of crazy that we're, we're flying. We're, we're, we're fourth. We're, we're two points off the top with a game in hand, but <laughs> we've still got like the, the fifth or sixth worst defence in the league. Um, so, which is what we normally do. So, um, yeah, that's probably, that's, that's a, kind of our, our only thing really is trying to get those, stop conceding the city goals and get those clean sheets. But it's been great fun so far. And Winnie Tonk, Dirty Durham, 9-1. It's just, and, you know, it's just fantastic really. Um, it's just, it's been great fun. Um, so yeah, so, uh, what I'll do then, um, they were kind of done the summaries is, as I say, it, now it's that time where it's just the opportunity for us to talk about any topics really that we would like to, we think would be a good thing to discuss while we've got fans of all these different clubs together, uh, whether it's just about women's football in general, the championship. I mean, ideally more focused on our leagues would be great. Um, but, you know, it's a great opportunity, as I say, I don't feel there's enough opportunities where, you know, in these kind of forums for fans to come together and talk about the game that we love and, and our views on it really. Um, but what I'll do is just to get things started and hopefully loosen things up a little bit, as it were. Um, something I wanted to kind of mention, and, and I've talked about it with Phil and Podge recently, and, and Mark, you'll probably be the best suited person for this, but um, for Ash as well. But I'm curious in general people's views on it. Um, but that, that discussion is the, the, the two relegation spots. Because obviously we, we've talked about how it needed to happen because it was unfair that the, you know, you had the two teams win the the, the North and South um, National League and then have to play a playoff to come up. Um, obviously, Watford did it last year. 
Um, but, you know, it, it, it's awful that you win your league and then still not get promoted. Um, so it needed to happen in that sense, that the fairness that, you know, you win your league, you go up. But the, the, the thing that I'm wanted to hear other people's views on that I kind of I kind of feel is that I think it's actually hurt teams that come up. I don't think it will for Newcastle next year because I think they'll just buy their way up again. Um, but I kind of feel like for Watford, where it was life was tough as it was last season in the cha- uh, so the last time they're in the championship, you spend a year down, you come back up, but obviously you you know the, this league is getting stronger and stronger every year with more of the like the men's clubs backing them, and now we're seeing this outside um, investment and stuff coming in. So it's hard that you're already playing catch up, but I, I kind of feel like when there's one team going down, it's a little bit easier to survive because you're relying on one other team being worse than you. And in this league, just the way that it's structured and stuff with the amount of games, there's always a couple of teams down there. Um, so, but I kind of feel where there's now two relegation spots, I feel for the team, especially this season, season where there's only one team came up. It might be a little bit different next year when two come up, but um, I kind of feel like for Watford, it's actually been a disadvantage because you've come up with a squad that was for the tier three last season that you've enhanced, but everyone else has done the same. And not, But you're actually not trying to avoid just finishing bottom, but you've got to be better than two other teams. Which I, So I kind of feel that actually, while it's beneficial probably in the long run, it doesn't necessarily help uh, the promoted teams, given the the differentials between the league, but I'm just curious to what other people's view is on that. So I'll throw it out to anybody who wants to come in and speak about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in, guys. Um, I've got to be honest; it's it's painful because the first, you know, when we were up up in the championship the other the other year, you could already see the the golfing class and just having a season out of it. Um, it's just that, you know, the championship has really kicked on and you, you're absolutely spot on because, you know, whoever gets promoted from the South this season, um, and I'm not, I, I haven't paid too much attention, but I know Portsmouth are up there uh, and I think hashtag as well, which I'm really surprised at. Um, they are, unless they get some, some serious back in, they're gonna. They're just gonna be like Watford. They're gonna struggle, um, because as far as I'm aware, there's not one team in Tier Three South that is full time. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know how that's gonna change. I know we campaigned for a lot of change, like for the two up, two down thing. Um, I was one of the ones who threw my weight behind it, saying it's got to happen. Um, but. Yeah, as we're finding out now, it's just it's unless you're near enough a full time outfit, you are going to struggle. So it, I don't, I don't know. It's it's going to be a hard one for me. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Mark. Um, Ash here from from Lewis. Um, I, I I look at the um, I look at the the strides that the team have made, and even given the change in personnel. Um, you know, as as the boys were saying earlier about Palace, you know, they have a big turnover of players, but actually they've gelled really well and they're playing really well uh, and they're performing um, box to box probably better than they have done for a couple of seasons. But the rest of the league has moved on. 
Um, and if, if you want to look at Sunderland as a, as a great example, um, and I, I know I appreciate they've got that lift, as Graham was saying, they've got the lift of going full time. Um, but they really have got their act together. Or well, several several clubs have done that. Um, and as far as uh, changes within the season, if you look at London City, I think we're going to see quite a reaction from the takeover. Um, not least of which um, the owner has got her fingers in a couple of other club pies uh, in France and, and in the States. So you might see some um, some migration of players perhaps uh, into in between seasons. I'm not sure what the what the league rules on that are, or if there are any rules. There may be none. I mean, you can certainly loan players from WSL and, and other and even other Championship clubs. So I'm sure she can bring in two or three players, perhaps from the, uh, from the US League, um, and, and which would seriously uh, improve that team. Um, and London City themselves have proved for their some of their results that they're they're not they're not bad at all. They're not in bad shape. So I agree with you, Mark. I think um, I think that year out has been. Has been tough. I mean, congratulations and, and well done to Watford for getting back up. But by the, but by coming by doing so, you, you as you say, things have moved on, and uh, and, it, and it's incredibly tough. And I think uh, any team that's going down at the end of this season, or two teams that go down at the end of this season, are not only going to find it hard if they get back to the championship, but just getting through that tier three. There's so many teams now vying for position and jostling and. and and investing in their in their players, um, it's going to be really really hard to get back up. Yeah, yeah, agree one hundred percent. Totally agree. It's uh, yeah. It, I, I dread to think what if we if we were to go down. I dread to think what life in the south's going to be like again because you know every every team has improved so much this season already. You know, I can I I know. Um, I'm quite good friends with Bill Ricky's owner, and he said to me privately that they were going for it this season because they saw what we did and was like, "Right, that's how we're going to do it. We're going to go for it." I, and I, it's- yeah, I, I know Bill Ricky guys too, and I I agree. But I've also looked at Portsmouth, and I know a lot of the Portsmouth players because what two or three of them are ex Lewis. And mm-hmm. funnily enough, ironically, they left Lewis when Lewis uh, started to train four times a week couple of them had to move on because they couldn't do the full-time. Well, I'll tell you what, Pompey, Pompey are full-time now. Um, oh, for okay. some, of, some of their players are on, on full-time contracts. The whole squad's not full-time, mm. but but some of their key players are. And uh, I think they give some championship teams a run for their money, the way they're playing at the moment. They're scoring goals for fun. Um, mm. And they're certainly going to be in the mix at the end of the season to come up. And with, if they do... It, it does depend on how much the club get behind their women's team. But so far, Jay Sadler has been backed to the hilt by Portsmouth and, and I think they'll be a force. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, well, they gave, they, they gave Watford a run for the money last season, big time. Um, not going to deny that. They absolutely fought tooth and nail for everything in both games that we played against them. So, yeah, I completely agree with that. I was... I was just a bit. I was a bit surprised when you said about some of their players being full time. That was, yeah, they are. They are. 
our players that have left us um, at the end of last season. So Georgia Freeland, uh, Beth Lumsden, who was scoring goals for fun in Tier 2 back in the 21-22 season when she was playing for Oxford. She was a phenomenal player there. Um, she came to us and then just became injury prone. And unfortunately, it just didn't work for her with us. But she was phenomenal. And, and I was gutted when we heard that she was leaving. Um, so, yeah, for her to go to Portsmouth and to carry on as a full-time player, is it's just brilliant for her. But, yeah, they're going to... We played them. We played them in the FA Cup. Uh, they've got issues. They've got the issue of the um, having a Waterlooville uh, stadium being a 3G pitch. It's nasty. Like the ball, you, you, the ball bounces and you just don't know where it's going to go. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's it's not a great. That I can I can see that if they do come up, if they come up to the championship, that they will probably start playing at Fratton. Mm. Um, because because they're also doing re- they're doing really well in getting the supporters in. Um, when we went and played them, I mean there was four hundred of us, which I thought was pretty pretty <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, sorry, my dog's joining in. Um, <laughs> that's Dougie. Yeah, he he likes to kind of have his say. Um, that's because you mentioned the P word, Portsmouth. You see, yeah. Dougie doesn't like that. Dougie does You're not like that. Absolutely right. It is so that. Oh, don't. <laughs> Yeah, that lot. Uh, skates, that's what we call them. Um, yeah, it, it, they they will be. Uh, the other, but the other, but but they they still got their they've still got their frailties. Um, you know we've we've we had to battle them throughout our time in the Hampshire leagues and sort of coming up, and they yeah there's ways of playing them, um, but they they will be up there next year. But yeah. Mike's absolutely right. The likes of Newcastle, if they don't make it up this season, I'll be absolutely amazed. Um, and yeah, they're just going to bulldoze their way through, aren't they? And mm. for me, for me, um, what we really need and what the players need and what the leagues need in general is they need to increase the size of the leagues, all of them. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and that's it, that's, a, that's an old chestnut that's been it is, well, it is. well worn in this group. No, absolutely. And and for me, um, it would even make sense now that the new co is about to come in. Um, I'm sure we're going to t- touch on that one as well. But why not do it for next season? Keep Bristol, West Ham, whoever's going to be at the foot of the WSL in there. Great for me to say it. And then just promote three from the um, championship and then do the same from tier three and bring them up. Because for me, this whole... There's a disparity of having one going up, one coming down from the WSL. There's no, there's no strengthening of the leagues in that for me, none whatsoever. Um, and then having two going down from the championship, yeah, long term it will strengthen and it will um, start bringing some more quality into those those leagues. And hopefully, you know, the the um, the FA will start putting a little bit more money in. But honestly, until they until they increase the size of the leagues, our players that we've got for each of um, our players, we can only play. We can only play eleven. And if you're always striving to go up or to, you know, avoid relegation, you're just never gonna. You're always going to rely on the same players to get you there. So you therefore you can't develop your players either. You know the ones that you've probably homegrown, like for us Southampton. You know. 
eight of our players who probably play on a regular basis, they're born and bred Southampton and, and they've come with us from, from tier seven all the way up. Well, I guess so, that's what your Conti Cups are for and, and, and yeah, but it's competitions. A, but it's a pointless... The Conti Cups are pointless. Completely uh, agree. <laughs> com- point, completely. It's totally a completely um, pointless cup There's for only me. only three Spe- teams that can win it. Well, exactly. Exactly. And also, we keep playing the same people. Yay! Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's appalling. It's absolutely appalling. And the FA Cup, I mean, for me, the Conti Cup would be more interesting if you brought in the Tier 3 teams. I think that I would totally work. I totally agree. I think, in fact, some of us on here have had these conversations on yeah. Twitter. And, and should be, opened up, should be regionalised. Mm-hmm, should mm-hmm. be regionalised and Tier 3 should be involved. Yeah, And, and it yeah, would be definitely. far more interesting. It would, it would. Yeah. Can, can, can I just cut in as a tier three uh, interloper on that one? <laughs> oh, go for uh, it. Just quietly sneaking in there. Um, first of all, agree completely. Got to expand the, expand the leagues. Um, don't think it can happen for next season. They'll have to announce it already. Um, oh, it's Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's me. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> um, Hi, Nick. Um, Hi, guys. Um, yeah, they'll have to announce it already um, for next season. So, but I do think it will happen the season after, with the, as part parcel of the new TV deal. They'll make that announcement. They'll expand it because I think you're right. It does need to happen. Um, I also think that will help the Conti Cup because you'll have more teams in there. You assume you'd go to 14 teams in both the WSL and the Championships. That will add another four teams into it immediately, which makes it all that much more entertaining, and you've got more competition, more opportunities there. Um, with regard making the Conti Cup sort of include the Tier 3, we have enough difficulties at times completing Tier 3 games plus con- uh, County Cup, plus FA Cup, plus League Cup, to stick but then, in another but then league. Can you, but you could drop out of the County Cup there, couldn't you? You could, no. leave that to, you could leave that to your dev teams. You don't, you don't have to play that. Yeah, I think development teams, certainly. I mean, that's certainly something most have done in the past. Depends yeah. on each, each county, depends. Um, so for us, we've actually got Aston Villa and Birmingham in our County Cup this season. Yeah, interesting. So I mean, it'll be it'll be their under twenty ones. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. But but they're, but they're that's because they're the WSL Championship teams. But for us, we'll be expected to put our first team in, um, and we can't register. And yeah, but if, and, but if they, if they did, teams. but if they did change cool. it so that you guys came in to the County Cup, then they'd have to then. Make a rule change and then say, okay, it's just the count. The county cup becomes a dev team, and mm. and and also it gives more grassroots um, teams a chance. But that's going to uh, depend uh, on uh, how the new code um, whether they'll uh, cooperate with the other uh, to, the other competitions. Yeah, yeah. yeah to point. be fair to Birmingham, they've split their county cup, so uh, tiers one to five are in the challenge cup, and tiers six and below are in the plates, or whatever they want to call it. So they've got a separate, for the grassroots, actually Birmingham FA, I've been really good about their county cup, they've listened uh, and taken that on board and made it much more competitive for everyone, um, which is why they've managed to get the WSL development teams in and championship development teams in to make it that much more competitive. Um, And yeah, I think it's going to be, Really interesting as well. Looking forward to next season once Newcastle go out of this league, out of the Norman and into the tier three. I, I, no, we don't want them. <laughs> well, I, I, I'd love it if they lost. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I think it'd be amazing. hilarious. 
Um, I but think I think that, <laughs> yeah, um, but I think realistically, that when they go up, there'll be a big question for the teams like Forest, Wolves, and Burnley about whether they step up and to the mark and follow what Newcastle have done, or just go, thank God they fucked off. Now what? Now let's carry on playing as we were before they came into the league. And because ha- we're all competing against each other quite fine until Newcastle came in and upset the, the apple carts. I, and I could see clubs just going, get rid of them and keep going as we are. Um, and I think that's going to be and similar with Portsmouth in the Southern. Get rid of Portsmouth, we'll go back to how we were. I'll have everyone just battling, which is why expanding the, w, expanding the championship, making it more competitive, suddenly becomes, it will help drive those clubs as well because they will see there's more opportunities stay uh, there. But the thing is, it's not just those teams that are now in like tier three. You've also got other Premier League clubs that are coming up, like the Brentfords. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there are other there are other Premier League clubs that are now having their women's team, and they're they're either starting from the ground up and and they're coming along. You know, at some point we're going to be overrun by the big six again. I mean, it's already happening in the WSL. We can all see that. Mm. Um, mm. It, it, what is what is this new company going to do to kind of balance that? Because that needs to happen. And I, I'm really annoyed, actually, that, okay, this, this new company is coming in. And I'm, re- I'm really pleased on one front that the WS, the, sorry, the championship teams went, yeah, no, we have to go with it. Because for me, it was like, if you don't, if you're not in it, you can't be part of the conversation and you can't kind of influence it. But what gets me is that that split of being 75-25. I think that's really brutal. Um, Mm. And I I hope it does change because I I think that's, I think that's wrong for me. Uh, Because let's, let's face it, those, those big teams, they're already big. They're already successful. They're going to keep on being successful. It's, it's about how the other eight below them, and us in the in the in the championship and in the tier three, how we kind of adapt and how we can kind of grow our teams and our success and drive that going forward. It's gonna be it's gonna be a rocky few years, I think, but it's gonna be exciting as well. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Don't disagree. Two quick points on that one. One on. um I think and I will shut up after this is um, <laughs> any primary any Premier League club could have could put five million quid in. Realistically, yeah. Wolves spent twelve million quid on agents. So let's be honest: that the Premier League, any of the Premier League teams could stick their money in and really yeah. go for it. Um, my, I don't disagree. The split seventy-five twenty-five is wrong. I also think there needs to have been a solidarity payment down into um, tiers three and below, certainly for yeah. the teams coming down out of the Championship into tier three to yeah. help them sustain themselves. But that's, I think. Um, that, that, unfortunately, that boat has already sailed. But there you go. I, I, I'll get back onto listening mode and uh, <laughs> carry on listening to the championship, uh, complaining about how difficult it is. And just make sure, just make sure that you give Newcastle a run for their money and uh, push them all the way to the end of the season. And then you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Well, they, they've only played Burnley out of the what I would call the big four so far yep. this season. Once this really? season, and it was very clear. Yeah. So they they've beaten out. They've drew, drawn against Burnley. Beating everybody else. It, I mean, they've played Forest in the Cup, yep. um, but they've not played them in the league yet, as far as I remember rightly. If they have that, they did beat Forest slightly. But realistically, they've not played Wolves. They've got Wolves to play twice this season of this year, and they've got Burnley to play again at Burnley. 
and I think, as I said, I think they've got Forest to play at least once, if not twice. Um, and, then, and then they've got, and they've got their, um, it, it's that all give a bit of an interesting test. Also interesting one for you. Uh, 11 teams in the Northern Premier have all got um, midweek games. Only one team doesn't have a midweek game. Don't tell I'll me. Let you, I'll let you guess who. You're kidding. The only fully professional team doesn't have a midweek game at all. What? Yeah. Because what? they're so far away, therefore no one could get to them. They could travel to two teams uh, midweek and play the midweek. Yeah, you've got Huddersfield travelling down to Nottingham to play Forest midweek. Why couldn't they? But yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, that's me. I'll shut up now. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Guys, Great I've got to duck out. Nick. Cheers, so, Nick. Um, it's been really good to talk to you guys, and I've got to have to leave you. So, um, really interesting. Thanks ever so much. Oh, it's a um, shame, Ash, because I was yeah, looking forward sorry, to hearing more. Yeah, apologies, but um, I'll catch up with you all soon. Cheers, Cheers Ash. Again. See you some games. Cheers, Cheers, boys. Cheers, girls. Bye-bye. Cheers, Ash. Right, there's something I wanted to and then we'll move on to another topic just just while all that was going on. Um, cool. There's one other thing, like, kind of in the, in the reverse was mentioning about the relegation side of it, is that, and obviously there's then been mentioned about the strength of the leagues and um, Nick was saying about if, uh, you know, get, kind of get Newcastle ports about the leagues and crack on as normal. But next thing, if, as it stands, the top two go down. Lewis and Watford are both going to go into the southern tier. Mm. So, which will then move rugby, I believe, into the northern tier. That all of a sudden, that's the, the southern division. That is going to be incredibly hard so for all those teams that sit there because Lewis and Watford are going to go down. They're going to be a lot stronger position than the teams in that league. And then, yeah. then what rugby were when they went down. And then, but only one team comes back up. So if you're if you're Lewis and Watford, all of a sudden that's it's kind of a double whammy of going down because. Your chance of yeah. coming back up has got even harder because what Watford obviously they you know they went down bounced straight back up again. They were the one team came down, but now you cut two of you coming down. If you go into the same league, that makes I think even bigger jeopardy for next season for those two teams because you've got another side that's on more of an even kill to you um, going for that one title. Mm-hmm. And not um, counting the likes of either Hashtag or Portsmouth that might still be there. And, yeah. and Ipswich, and these Ipswich and we, we were up there for oh, pre-season, yeah. you know, and, and they, they said their problem was they, they lost, they, they didn't go up last season, they lost a chunk of players, and that's what keeps happening to them, is they get their players poached. Um, you know, Oxford is scratching around there, and so, you know, it's a tough enough league, so I think that's, that's going to be crazy next season. Um, Oxford but, Oxford have kind of dropped off the boil because um, they had their team ripped to pieces last season. After after the fact, I mean, they they lost on the last day of the season, pretty much. That that was it. They went from being first to third in one game. Yeah, and um, that ma- was it. They were done. The managers at Reading now as well, aren't they? And then he, and then the manager left to Reading, and then they they signed a load of players. I mean, you had Phoebe Williams, who was one of our players, brilliant player. She's absolutely phenomenal. Um, she moved to Oxford, and then. Within him leaving, she then signs for hashtag, and she's doing really well for hashtag. So, uh, yeah, Oxford aren't quite the force that they were. I don't think, unfortunately, no. for them. No, definitely, de- definitely not. I've been, I've been keeping a little eye on Oxford, and you know they lost. Uh, as, as most of the guys know in the WhatsApp group, we're in my favourite goalkeeper um, from Oxford. Uh, uh, yeah. she, um, she departed. 
Um, a couple of their players retired last season as well, who were seriously good players. Um, and I was quite shocked at um, Watford stole Carly Johns off them. Um, yes. Which hasn't gone down well with Reading's manager because he's adamant she's going to be joining them at some point. And I was like, over my dead body. Uh, <laughs> I mean, gave a proper dirty look for it as well because it was, I was not amused with how he did, with how he came out with it. Um, but yeah, they, they they have fallen apart a bit and they're not, they're not like Jude just said, they're not the force they were. Um, you know, like I say, I think the last day of last season just destroyed them massively. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we got uh, Amy Goddard from uh, Oxford as well, actually. I'm pretty sure that's where she came from. She was really good. Uh, she's been excellent for us at centre-half. Yeah, yeah, that yeah I think she was. Best. Yeah, she, um, she went from Palace to Yeovil and then to Bridgewater and then to Oxford and now she's up at Sunderland, yeah. yeah she's got a full-time contract. She's doing brilliant, actually. Yeah, yeah, nice she's, she's strong. Yeovil became Bridgewater. That's right, and yeah. Then split, and then split again. She's uh, yeah. bought a very good round. She would have been a big loss, I would imagine. Yeah, she's very dominant uh, centre-back for, for that division. She'd stand out, definitely. And yeah. um, Rose Kite, I think, Mark, you were referring to. She went to Reading and um, apparently she went to rugby and she was due to sign and she did looked around and didn't like it. <laughs> so she said, I'm not signing for rugby. And then she ended up going to Reading, but she's not. I mean, Emily Orman's in goal for them and Rose hasn't had, I don't think she's had any games for Reading this season. She's featured in the Conti Cup. I know that because uh, oh. one of my- one of my mates who I go to Watford with, um, he took the delight in messaging me saying, guess who's starting in goal tonight? I just uh, I crying emojis because I knew he was not that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, that made sense. She, yeah, she'd probably play in the, in the Conti, wouldn't she, if she's not in, playing in the league game. So, But yeah, she's not been, she's not been able to, um, to budge Emily Orman in goal for Reading. And she's had a good season, Emily. So I think... Um, yeah, she, she's back up there, really. But yeah, yeah. I mean, when Rose was at the other Southampton, she stood. At, we played them in the cup, and she she was she was really good. So I've been sort of following her career um, from that moment, and um, yeah, she's. Um, I thought she might have made a breakthrough in a in a championship team by now, but she's a reserve keeper, so um, maybe she'll have another chance one day. But. She's still relatively young, but she should really now be pushing for a first-team place at championship level, I would imagine. She really was good when, when I saw her play for the other the other Southampton. Mm. No, definitely. She's a good keeper. You know, I know all the, like, I put my rivalry to, with her to one side. She is a fantastic goalkeeper. She can pull off some exceptional saves. You know, she, you know, I remember last last season when we played them at, at their place, um, Helen Ward went steaming clear, tried to lob her, and she somehow managed to get a slight hand onto a shot and tip it onto the post. And if she hadn't have done that, we'd have won the game and that would have knocked her out. So, yeah, she is a great keeper. And you're right, but she should be number one somewhere. She shouldn't be sitting on the bench. And quite frankly, I would actually have her, as much as it pains me to say it, I'd have her at Watson. <laughs> I never thought you'd say that. <laughs> We need we need another keeper. We can't carry on how we are. We need one massively and desperately. 
to kill the city for what they've done. Well, that that takes us sort of into transfer mode, doesn't it? Uh, I, I, I don't think there's generally that many. There's not generally that many transfers in January, is there, for in women's football? I mean, I know Bristol City brought in a couple, which really helped them get promoted. But generally, there's not that there's not that many. I mean, I, did, I might did Palace sign anyone last January? I don't think we did, did we? Oh, there's a question. Uh, I don't think we did. I know that we lost. Um, we lost Pet a couple. Pets yeah, went. Yeah, Pets Pet. went to Southampton, yeah. and Kirsty Barton went to Lewis. Yeah, um, you do. Uh, but I don't think we brought anyone in. I don't think we brought anyone in. No, no, no we didn't. Um, no, we did. The season before, we got Sibs in, um, and yeah. we got uh, the the young striker from Arsenal on loan, um, whose name escapes me. And the one before that was when we got uh, Grace Garrard and Grace Piers. Was that um, Hennessy? Was a striker Hennessy? Alex Hennessy, that's it. Yeah. But the thing is, there's, this is the thing, right? There's the WSL. There's already been signings going on there. I've seen in the last couple of days all on Twitter and everything. Um, different West Ham have got three players in already, I believe. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think I've seen another a couple of other clubs talking about deals. So there's all mention of it. There's not been a single word said. Not even like the Barclays Championship Twitter or anything like that about all oh, transfer windows open. Uh, who do you want to see come in for your team? Do you know what I mean? And I, I kind of feel like we said this on pods recently. I, I think this window is really important. I, for us, I think Palace need to get one or two in. If we can get the deal there, if there's a good player, because this is now you're going to have the time where WSL are going to have an idea of who's playing and who's not playing in their squads. And they'll be, as you said, just like with West Ham, they'll be bringing people in to try and boost themselves, which will then mean some people need to go out. And last season, you know, as I say, as you said, Bristol City, they brought in Grace Clinton. I think they brought in someone else. Um, and it's, it just helped them. It just freshened them up, helped them get over the line. The season before that, Liverpool did it um, with the striker who's now at Gotham. Um, God, I don't know anybody's going there. Um, yeah, Kate, is it Kate somebody, isn't it? Yeah. Stare, I want to say Stengler. Um, but the Stengel, Kent Stengel, Stengel yeah, Kent Stengel. Stengel. We have three of us we got there. This is what we're like on the pods normally. Um, and <laughs> do you know what I mean? But like, the, you know, sometimes you just you do those additions, and, and I fully expect Birmingham, who signed like kept signing even after deadline day, I fully expect that they will do some business, and I fully expect that Charlton because they're the two teams who went and signed any single player that is ever available um, in the summer. <laughs> I reckon they will do some business. So I think it's it's really, really important, this window. I think it could be the game changer. Bear in mind, there's five teams all in that, you know, that, that battle for promotion at the moment, as it, you know. Um, but there's, yeah, it's been absolutely not, a, you wouldn't even know, really, does it, does it even exist, the transfer window? Because teams have already been announcing, I think, you know, Lewis, as uh, Ash said, they'd already announced one of theirs. There was like contract pending on the 1st of January. But I swear someone else, Signed a couple of people during the last couple Haven't of months, and Birmingham, Birmingham have just been signing players yeah. left, right, and centre. A load of Korean players, haven't they? Have they? Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, they signed. Yeah, they because on deadline day they signed a Brazilian, didn't they? And a Korean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They then signed yeah. another Korean player about a month later. Yeah, they they because well, yeah. yeah, I remember posted didn't I in the, in the uh, predictor group? Like, yeah. what's going on with it? Because they yeah they announced another one or two Korean players. 
Yeah, it's like, what's going on there? And how are they going to be able to keep that many players happy? I, I, I don't understand that. Same with what if Charlton sign anymore, because they've got quite a good, strong squad as it is. Um, yeah, I, I don't... I mean, honestly, I, I I think we're relying on about 15, 16 players prob- probably, and the rest are kind of fringe and doing a job from the bench. But... Yeah, how how do you keep a squad of twenty two players happy in this league? For me, there's just not enough games. Not enough. It's not right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. got the same problem. We've got a massive squad, and we can't keep them all happy. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to do up at Sunderland. We've uh, Mel's quite sort of reputation for keeping our class close to our chest, um, <laughs> so we don't normally sign lots of players, but. It just depends. I mean, I, I don't get the feeling that we're going to like sort of like go for it massively. Um, obviously, we we'll want to do our best, but I don't think we're just like you know I'm not even anything like oh we're going to go and get three or four players to really push us through. Um, but now that we've got like obviously it's a hybrid model, so we do have full time players and some part time. We do now have that option where like where we've never been able to do before, like like you guys were saying, potentially take some players from like Man City, Man United teams like that who aren't getting a game. Um, and, and we've got that possibility now that we've never had before. So we, we, I, I possibly expect us maybe to make one or two signings, but nothing, nothing major. I don't think they're going to sort of throw loads of money at it. Um, we've done really well this year without like a crazy budget. So see how it goes. Yeah, I think for us, um, we will we will only sign someone if it's the right move and if it's the right kind of player that we want to bring in. Uh, I'm really worried, actually, because for us, you've got to look at it. You know, most of our team, we've been together or they've been together since we've been in Tier 7. And we've seen their progression. We've seen, we've seen the likes of Lucia Kendall when she was like 14, running up and down the steps at Totten before she even got a game for um, in the first team. And now she's like in the first team, professional player. And it will be really gutting for me if we can't really push for promotion this year because for us it would be like a it could potentially be that breaking up of all those players and like an end of an era and um yeah I, I really hope that we just kind of get our act together and, and really kind of come together and, and just learn how to yeah uh tackle the games that we don't want to play necessarily and I and I think we'll be all right but it's it's yeah, it, as I say, if, if we can get the right players to come in, fantastic. But I don't think we'll be busting the gut to uh, um, upset the apple cart too much. That's us. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting scenario, isn't it? As I say, I think for us, we, we've spent so long carrying loads of, I say, players that have long-term injuries and stuff. We just We're either going to be strengthened by the fact that they're all now going to be fully fit, ready to go. Um, or we need to do a little bit more because, as I say, you know, it's the kind of players like Kira and Luther, they have long term injuries, come back and then picked up an injury because of obviously in that recovery process. So um, I do kind of feel like we, we, we do need one. Two. We have no cover for Husey at the moment, um, you know. So it'd be, it'd be interesting, but as I say, I, I just fully expect Birmingham. And Charlton um, to do more. I mean, they said so they went ridiculously at it in the in the in the summer. Um, and obviously, we don't know where, now whether London City will do anything this window because that could be. That's the thing. Like 
they can level up, you know, upset the apple cart a little bit because if they go and do a load of business in this window, um, I mean, you know, they're not going to get promoted, but they could end up playing a part in having a say in, in who does go up um, by the, the, when teams would have to play them in the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, I do think it, it's... But it's more the fact that, I mean, obviously, Charlton, they've, they've made the signing of the season, didn't they, with that play, that striker, Alti, first name Penn. Um, but oh, there's a tumbleweed. Dire death would be amazing. Um, <laughs> but no, the... Uh... Let's just call them Charlton Penn. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> the clowns, isn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, the... I forgot what I was going to say now. Too busy trying to get that joke in. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're all on more, mute. <laughs> I think, but my issue is more the fact of there's nothing about it. We didn't. They, they, no one even said, you know, we we knew when the WSL window was closing in the summer because it got extended because obviously their season started later. But there's yeah. nothing saying the championship window closes on this date. The championship would you wouldn't even know that a window exists. Because no one talks about it. It's like outside the WSL, transfers don't exist. And I know people don't really pay money. It's the only the odd player that you do, like we, we did to get Annabelle. But, you know, I think it's, it's like this forbidden thing. <laughs> I think just no one mentions it. And and the thing, yeah, at the end of the day is, don't get me wrong, I, I hate like I hate with the men's side of it where it's just absolute made-up tro- trollop, you know, just started by... Um, Jim White, who is like the the cancer of football, um, but the you know, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's, so when they just talk a load of rubbish all the time, I don't want that. But at the same time, you, when we're trying to generate more interest in it, the transfer window of WSL does do that. It gets more eyes again on there. People talking about it, the fans talk about it. But in the championship, it's just nothing, and it's still that okay. You know, it's still kind of the old days where I don't know. It's just. It's all about perception, I think. And when we're trying, to, when we're out here trying to say, look, this championship, this league is great. It's you know so competitive. It's great football to watch, and you know you need to watch this league. But there's so many bits of it that are still really amateur. Going back to even when I, you know, when I first started following like six years ago, um, where it's still well behind. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like that. I don't know. You know, it's just not enough is yeah. made of it. I think it doesn't need to be over the top. But I think you know, at the very least. The Barclays should have said, you know, they could have done a tweet, couldn't they? And like the, the last couple of days of, of December, uh, the windows could be opening in a few days. What do your, what does your team need? Because they, they do other stuff. They, 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 you know, what are you looking forward to in the new year? And if we've all put winning the title and, and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? But um, apart from some annoying Sheffield United fan who put something else, but the, um, you know, the it's, but you know, just why not just put a little bit of hype, put something on it. Maybe, maybe that nothing happens in this window, but just make it a bit more exciting. Put you know a bit more vocal is what I, I think. I, th- I think uh, I think once Newcastle come up next season, you'll hear all about the signings. Don't worry. Oh, don't. We are uh, we are quite understated about the way we do our transfers now. I mean, even the men's team, the reporters scratch around for information, but they get very little because it's all data driven and players will come out of nowhere. Um, yeah. So it's very much you know if that's the case for our men. Um, obviously our women's going to be very sort of under the radar as well and I think with the signings we made which I hadn't heard of any of them until they the came and they've all been great so I think it's kind of from our side it'll, there might be one or two little things happening but probably not hear anything until 
it's more or less done. Um, obviously, our friends up the road are very different. They've got money to throw around left, right and centre. I know there's a couple of players on W... Well, one of the players definitely is on WSL wages. Um, Spot flashing. Yeah, so they'll be when they come up next year, that'll be sort of another churn of another squad, basically. But you'll probably hear a lot of signings and potential signings when they come up. Um, but yeah, I was going to mention earlier when you guys were talking, but I was just really interested to hear what you guys were saying. Um, next year, it'd be good if we can get a bigger a bigger league. But um, I think Newcastle will try and just move the way back up. If they do go up the season, because you quite rightly said earlier on, it's not a given this year. Um, but I think they will try and churn more or less a full squad again. There'll not be many girls within that squad who will probably, without wanting to sound harsh, good enough to get them out of the Championship. Um, so yeah. probably have to go again with a more or less full squad, but they've got money to burn. You know, you know, <laughs> they could put. You know, the, the Saudis could look down the bottom of the back of the sofa and, and, and fund a WSL team, couldn't they? Let's be honest. Um, without even you know batting an eyelid. So uh, obviously they're not going ridiculous. You know, they're, they're not sort of going silly about it. Although they, they are still sort of paying a lot more than what anybody else would. But next year they might just ramp that up a little bit, and then obviously when they get to the WSL, they'll then ramp it up again. Um, so they are, you know, they are making noises, but they've been a little bit more steady. Um, but I think next year it'll probably ramp up again, and then obviously when they get the WSL, they'll probably try and put themselves in amongst your Man Cities and your Man United and stuff. So we'll be interesting to see because this year it's very competitive, but next year. Depending on how far they go, it might be, might be a bit more of a runaway team. But we'll see. We'll see. But they do have that sort of pro- not problem, but can be a problem attracting people. Some some players don't want to move to the northeast, but I guess depending on what sort of money they're going to offer, that the girls might decide to move up. Um, I mean, I've I've heard, I've heard rumours of like a hundred grand that they're willing to play pay, well pay players. I don't think there are anybody on that sort of money as far as oh, yeah. But next year. Yeah, no, they're they're on. Yeah, they're, I know there's at least a player on 25k plus accommodation, yeah. so that's you're basically talking for 30k a year salary, which yeah. is a WSL salary, as you say, Graham. Um, yeah. and that's, one girl that's definitely, yeah, definitely on a WSL um, salary. Then some of the other girls are on pretty pretty decent money as well. Um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I can't say for certain, but their squad probably would be earning more than what what our squad is. But yet at the moment we would probably still comfortably beat them. Obviously that'll probably change next year when the sort of well we played them in pre season and it was relatively comfortable. It was a four two win, but it should have made more like a five six. So I think the good thing from our point of view is we're like they can go and buy themselves success, which will happen. But we always feel as though we kind of like where the women's football is up in the northeast. Like we've got that reputation. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll do just you, try to hold on to that as best we can and then Do you think do you think there's a do you think there's a pressure on Sunderland because of this whole new Newcastle? Not really, because I think we are just going about our own business, like trying. Like I get annoyed on on Twitter when I see stuff like because you know they say the owners are brilliant and stuff, but in in reality, you know, there's players within that squad who you know they might not be able to go to Saudi if you know where I'm coming from. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So I find that a bit strange when they come out with stuff like that. Um, so Sports watching, yeah, it's very strange how they see how great their owners are, but yet the, you know they might not come back from Saudi if they went there. But anyway, that's a different thing. But um, yeah, <laughs> pressure-wise, um, 
probably not because we know what's going to happen. Like we're just trying to progress and then maybe in the next few years try and push for WSL. Obviously, we've got that little bit of a thing now where we might do. But realistically, it's probably going to be in the next couple of years. So we're kind of just progressing that way a bit like our men's team. We've got to kind of just let them get on with it because we're not, we're quite a way off them. You know, we've got them in the men's derby at the weekend and realistically, it's the biggest difference in quality I've seen since I was alive and I'm in my 40s. So you kind of just got to let them get on with it. Um, we're still ahead of them on the women's side, but I think within a couple of years, they'll go ahead. So no, I don't, I don't. I think we, if we hadn't gone full time, I think we would have really struggled because mm. we would have just been left with kind of the cast-offs from Durham and Newcastle. Whereas now, because we've, got a little bit of money, not ridiculous, but, you know, a little bit. We could go for those players that the data has shown are very good and we can offer them a half-decent wage. So it means that we can still compete, but on, like, kind of a different level. So, no, I think I think we're okay. I mean, um, yeah, I think we can kind of just let them crack on. I think they'll sort of move past us and move into that sort of Man City, Man United sort of echelon and we can just hopefully get into the bottom, you know, bottom half of the WSL in the next few years, you know, like your West Ham's, people like that. Um, so I don't think, yeah, I think they're on a kind of a different, a quicker trajectory to us, to be honest. Fair, fair. fair. But it, I'm glad. I'm glad. I was just going to say, I'm glad that you're not feeling that pressure because I think it it would be easy to, um, you know, because of the fact that they're spending money left, right, and centre. And I think, yeah, carry on what you do. You've got the pedigree, you've got the history behind you, which is one thing they haven't. And um, that also speaks volumes. I mean, you know, you just need the likes of Beth Mead and um, Lucy Bronze to come back and, you know, well, hey, um, you've got that publicity there, whereas they're not going to have that. They're never going to have that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm trying, to, although I do get annoyed sometimes online and you see different things, like the noisy neighbour type of thing, you do get annoyed by it. But in the main, I'm trying to let it go a little bit because, yeah, I mean, the men have gone, you know, leaps and bounds already and they'll probably do really well because they'll be throwing money. And I think the women will, will be the same, but obviously to a lesser extent. So we'll just let them crack on and we'll we'll just do our own thing, you know. Yeah. So thing, just well, you mentioned Newcastle. Obviously, the magic of the cup has thrown up the uh, buy-away-in derby between Newcastle and Man United, or the uh, the brown envelope derby, as they also like to call it. So, I mean, like I say, there's some canny players at Newcastle, but you know, half the squad is former Sunderland, so they've got some good good girls playing there. Um, I think if they put a decent side out, it's probably going to be pretty comfortable for them, you know. But uh, yeah, watch the, I think it's one of those ones, watch this space because next year it's going to be, um, hopefully, there'll be more teams coming up and there'll be a bigger division. But I think they'll be, yeah, probably making some more waves next season. But uh, yeah, in terms of this season, the FA Cup, I can't see anything other than a Man United win, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, just while um, obviously mentioning, I said about the uh, the kind of presentation of, you know, with the, there'd been no mention of the transfer window and stuff. It kind of brings up one of the other things I want to talk about. Um, no, I can't. Now I can't ask Ash about about the Lewis uh, deal, but. Um, I was completely with the other the other week watching the the Reading game, um, and it's about the, the the camera view. So that's, just bear with me for a moment. But I, I always try and get. I always end up getting wrestling into these kind of things as, a, as, as an example. But in wrestling at the moment, it's a big thing. There's the hard cam. So wait, that's the main camera that looks at the ring, and that's what the main one you watch from, and then it cuts through. And in one of the companies, there's a big thing at the moment that behind the hard cam, they, there's just the seats are empty. And people, are, it's, a, it's a big running conversation. 
However, it got me thinking watching the Reading game is that in the women's in the championship, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but it's the reverse. So when anyone plays at their main stadium, um, most, yep. most teams do. Like we played Reading, and their hard count, just for the lack of a better choice, is the same side as the stand that they open for the fans. So when you watch that game, you can hear the the, the bit of noise, which is already tainted by the fact that it's in a, you know a small crowd in a big ground, empty ground. But all you can see is empty seats. When we played Sheffield at Bramwell Lane last season, empty seats. When we played um, Birmingham this season, empty seats. When we when we played the Clowns at the at the, the Circus, empty seats. For, for us, if I remember rightly, and Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've been the opposite. I don't know what it's like at St Mary's, but when we played at that neutral venue, Sellers Park, um, because the, <laughs> the heart camera is above the Arthur weight, so it shows the family stand, which is full of people. And when we play at the VBS, our proper home, uh, the hard cam is on the stand that's not open, and it shows the stand that has fans in it. So I, I kind of just feel like, again, when you like this planning, what I know they have to work around. Um, security and what's easier and cost effective and stuff like that. I get that, but I kind of just feel like when you're trying to push, you know, come to these games. This is the this is great. But when you're trying to push all that stuff and look more professional than that, if someone tunes in and you just look in, you're hearing that kind of that tainted noise, and all you're looking at is empty seats. It, immediately, people go, well, "What else is this?" Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes it. Just to have it facing, I have. If your camera's one side, put open the stand the other opposite side. Blackbell is the same. The hard cam, they open one stand. The hard cam was on that side. So again, you just looked at empty seats that you were park. And I, I just think I don't know about anyone else, but I just think it just it's a little thing that I just think it just doesn't look good when you're trying to get more people in. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, some people it's not you know we're, we're there because we love our teams, we love our football, and, and that's that. You know, we'll go there if it's one man and his dog there. Do you know what I mean? But which it has been. I mean, I've been at, I've been at Palace, and there was one man and his dog um, at Hayes. But you know, it's. Uh, but I just think there's. You know, when you're trying to grab that fresher audience, uh, there are people, especially with the younger generations and stuff. That is the little things that they look at, and it's hard to when you constantly have to defend the women's game when it's like people go, well, "There's no one there." Do you know what I mean? I just can't. I didn't know what other what? people's view was on that. Hello. Yeah. So Southampton, they've um, they completely flipped it on us this season. Uh, we were behind the well, we were on the same side as the tunnel, which was opposite the hard camera, and it was great. We loved last season. Absolutely phenomenal. We felt we were close to the players. We felt we were close to the team, um, to the to the bench as well. It was brilliant. This season, no, no, we're on the same side as the camera, and yeah, when you look at our our stadium it now looks as if it's empty. So where we used to have, because um, we still get the good crowds, so we still get like our 14, 15, 16, 2K, whatever. It it looked good when we were sat there last season. This season, now it looks like we're, we're playing in an empty, empty stadium again. And not only that, when you're playing a game... When you're when you're walking Ducky, to the stadium, Ducky, Ducky, Ducky. <laughs> he's a nightmare. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, when you're trying to um, when you're trying to you know when when you're going to a match, you know, walking towards the stadium, looks like there's not a game. Doesn't look as if a game's playing. 
There's nothing to say that there's a game going on. And it's like, what the hell are they doing? And yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. It's like, it, it just seems so completely backward to try and promote the game and and the audience and saying, actually, this is good. Come and listen. Oh, sorry. Stop it. Dougie, really hate empty seats. Can't stand them. <laughs> hates it, hates it. Yeah, you're right. Portsmouth and empty seats, not fine. <laughs> Portsmouth. Oh, God damn it. Dougie let me down on that one. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to head off, but it's been great speaking to you all. Um, good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, Graham. You Cheers, too, Graham. Good luck. Good luck for the season, mate. Cheers. Always good chatting to you guys. And yeah, good luck. Good luck, everyone. Good night. Thanks a lot, Graham. Good night. Um, just to let you know, Mark's just, um, uh, Mark Watford Mark has just um, let me know that he's got technical problem. He can't get back in. So, um, yeah. So um, I think he had some problems, didn't he? He dropped out for, for a bit as well for a few seconds so um anyway just want to let you know um he hasn't disappeared um uh out of his own uh because he wanted to to leave it's just that he can't get back in so um anyway over to you again mike right well i mean in that case because we're, we're dropping like flies um the and i'm very aware that once he gets over once he gets to two hours it becomes a nightmare for me to try and process to get onto spotify um so I think maybe just one last thing I wanted to quickly discuss. Then it was mentioned earlier. Uh, you brought up with the, with the new co. Um, the the seventy five twenty five. Quick question. My understanding was, isn't it the because it's the it's the the decisions, isn't it? But is it seventy five for the whole of the WSL and twenty five for the championship? It's not specifically the the main four teams, is it? No, no, it's it's the whole of the WSL and, and the championship, but it's more that that's also going to be the money split as well. Yeah, I think the thing it, is, I mean, the, the, the money money split I get because at the moment the WSL is, I mean, at the moment the, the championship doesn't even have a TV deal to offer, do you know what I mean? So it, it just yep. doesn't have the money coming in. But my, my thinking is, is because like obviously oh, Stevie Parrish, the legend of women's football that he is, um, he's on that new coat, never been to a women's game. But he's on that new and and I'd like to think because um, I think there's a couple of others from the championship in it as well. Yeah, we're I'd in like this. to think you 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 don't poo on your own doorstep, do you? So I'd like to think no. that if he's agreeing to, unless it's just the fact of they needed to get the WSL on board and get it dealt with, so they've had to give in to get them in. Um, but I'd like to think that. He's looked at it, and there's a reason why he's happy to go. Oh yeah, the WSL can have seventy five percent, and that is because he knows that the plan is to increase the league size, and we will be WSL. You know, because I'd, I'd think if you're going to increase the league size, I don't think fourteen in each is enough. I think you need to go sixteen. I think sixteen too. Um, and putting playoffs in the championship. If you're gonna, if you're gonna with the TV deal and stuff, if you want to sell the next TV deal, should have the championship in it. As well, we don't have as many games, but and part of that should be we'll go to sixteen teams, we'll put playoffs in. You hard sell it, so you've got some excitement there. Yeah. And I think then enhance the WSL because if you didn't cover like you get now with the men's side, because if you're giving coverage to the championship, when these teams come up and some of these players move up into it, they're going to be more recognisable to fans watching the WSL because you know they're 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 getting televised. But I was just I was just thinking, I mean, I might be completely wrong because. This is Palace, and we, we have a way of, 
I mean, we added 60 years on our history and still didn't gain a major trophy. So it wouldn't surprise me if we just shafted us, shot ourselves in the foot. But I'd, part of me thinks, I don't know if he's been the same field, but part of me thinks that he's not going to agree to something like that. He doesn't do things if it isn't going to be financial, financially beneficial for us. So I kind of feel like to agree to that, be a part of that, that he must know something is going to be changing. I, I think, I personally, I think that they were at a point where they were, if, if they're not in it, they'll have no say whatsoever and will be set adrift even more. And so therefore, you know, to be, to have it as a 75, 25, and then it's probably revisited, say in five years time or sooner, then yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, if you're, if, if they'd said, no, we're not going to go with this, we're, we don't want to be a part of what you're doing. They would have shot themselves in the foot even more so than doing what they've done now, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. So that's that's my point of view because I think because at one point I'm sure I read somewhere that um, someone said that they that all the W W the championships teams had um, voted against the proposal, and then the next day they'd all gone they it had gone full circle and they were signing on the dotted line. So yeah, I I think I think you ha- I think they had to try and play hardball to see what would happen. And then went shit. No, we, we've got to carry up. We've got to go for this. If if we're not part of it, then we're, yeah, it will be worse off. Yeah, no, no, it's a valid point. I mean, I'd imagine that the the U turn, one of the teams would have been Lewis because <laughs> it's their season for uh, making a decision and then changing their minds on it. I don't blame him though. Don't blame him at all. I think by I, what Ashley said. I think I remember that there was one team that voted in favour of the 75-25 and everyone else in the championship didn't. And I, I don't know who that team was, but I've been told it wasn't Palace. Um, so I don't know Birmingham. who it was. But in, Birmingham. Was it Birmingham? Birmingham. No, yeah. Oh, really? That's just my guess. I reckon it'd be... Oh, if, you had, if I had could have been. It, I reckon it'd be yeah. Birmingham because you know, they're, they're the most recent down <laughs> from it. We'd be expecting, yeah. you know, apart from Reading, but like they you know, they they've expectations to go back up into it with the money they spent. So... I would miss yeah. them. I think the threat of not being part of the 75-25 deal was that the WSL were just going to go on their own with a TV deal, leaving the championship yeah, completely. Exactly. And they didn't really have a choice because they would have they needed to be part of what's you know, they needed, Yeah, because otherwise they were just going to be let it would literally be no money for TV. So 25% is better than nothing, isn't it? So yeah. Um and I'd I'd imagine, I don't know, maybe not straight away, but I'd imagine in the next five years the TV money is going to be pretty substantial because um it's it's like when the pre- uh, they'll rebrand it. I don't think it'll be the WSL and the championship. I think I think in the summer that we'll probably hear more um after this season because I think they officially take over in the summer. And I think yeah. what they'll probably do then is they'll probably rebrand maybe Premier League one and two. I don't know, women's Premier League one, Premier League two, I don't know, but I'd imagine they'll rebrand it. They'll get some really good TV rights. Um, they'll mention maybe a staged increase from to 14 and then 16 teams in each division. There are teams, there are teams in tier three that would not be out of place in the championship. And there are teams in the championship that would not be out of place in a bigger WSL. Um, yeah. WSL. Um, I mean, there's some big clubs around, isn't there? So, and actually clubs with a lot of history, like you were mentioning about Sunderland, you know, a lot of history in women's football. Birmingham have got a great history in women's football. You know, Lewis. so 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the model that Lewis have got, you know, it's that 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 will be a struggle for them because, of course, they haven't got the backing of a major club. And even London City Lionettes, who are in the similar position, have now got that massive backing, not from a major club, but from a uh, an owner who's going to put money in because that's what she does. You know, she's going to make them a real force. I wouldn't be surprised if it went to 16 teams, eventually... All the clubs in the in the in that top sixteen would probably be linked to a Premier League men's club, apart from London City. They'll be the one that will be a standalone, and I think they probably they'll probably end up in that division. Um, they're going to have some incredible backing in the next few years, um, and and I think it was mentioned that you know there might be loans from because Washington Spirit are owned by the same people, so you know there's going to be players potentially in America where they have a different league um, calendar who might be available when the, in the non in the non season in America they might come and play for London City you see over here during that that I just think there's I just think there's a real chance that London City will probably break the mold regarding being linked to a a, a, a Premier League men's club because I wouldn't be surprised if 15 of the 16 are in the next 3 or 4 years are linked to a Premier League men's club, apart from London City, will be. I'm sure they're going to be a force. Um, she's not going to take over that club and just let it not do anything. She's going to put some. And they're also talking about moving into London as well from Dartford. So really, I was going to yeah. say that's the it's one the thing name. that's holding them back, isn't it? So it's, that was the yeah. hard sell for an NWSL player. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't know why. She said, didn't she, that she 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 mentioned um, that. The reason there were two reasons that she went for London City. One was that it wasn't controlled by another; it was a standalone, wasn't of another club. And also the L London, she said, London's London. If you've got London in the name, it's massive, you know. And she said that one of the things that they're going to do is move it back in, move it in towards London, in towards the centre. So um, I don't know if, if could, uh, there isn't really. I mean, they might have to just share with someone, in, in, you know, in, initially, but. I don't know. I don't know where they uh, could put build a ground of, I'll, I'll of any note. I'll be with you, I think they'd be better off staying out of London. I mean, I'm joking aside about Ben Kent and everything, but there's so many London clubs. I think sometimes mm. that is sort of a problem for, for a lot of our clubs is because, you know, when you go to, especially go to further north, you go and, you know, the, the, these, these teams are independent cities. You know, there's only like one or two options. But you come to London and there's so many clubs that it, it kind of saturates it a little bit. So they'd almost be... But there, there's such a market, because there's nothing in... At that higher level, there's nothing in Kent. No. You know, so that's actually a market I think you're right, they Mike. really try and build themselves on. Because they've they, got a they, huge they catchment a there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's... You know, because Gillingham ain't going to be there anytime soon. Chatham aren't going to be there anytime soon. Um, you know, so... I mean, they 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 aren't going to be either, I don't think. I mean, we, we played them pre-season. I think everyone whooped them from our league that played in pre-season. Um, and they're, they're nowhere near, are they? I don't think they're wrong being the table. Um, so I just kind of think that like there's a there's a huge opportunity there. But I have to say, I I, I don't think they will be part of the big picture. Just because, I, I mean, I might be wrong, because obviously it is different in the women's game. But I just think that if it's going to go the way we think it's going to go, where, you know, kind of like what Barclays did in the Premier League and stuff like that, I just don't see independent teams being part of the party because they just haven't you know, got the backing. Yeah, not just the backing, but you haven't got the the identity and the recognition because 
you know, you, we're talking about generations now where, you know, people support a team even because it's they support it because it's Liverpool and they've heard of Liverpool or they've heard of Man United or they support it because, like, you know, in the Miami signed Messi and yeah. so they then tripled their crowd and they had played, Messi got subbed off after 30 minutes in the game and a large chunk of the crowd left. Wow. So, do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. there's, you know, it's football is fickle and the fact is, is, you know, I, I, there's, I remember thinking like when in the, when I was in the um, the the collective group and you know you had our friends at Stourbridge fans and stuff like that and without being horrible but the thing is like they're talking about Stourbridge because for them that's their club and it's a big things and that and I'm thinking a lot of the football ain't going to care they don't care about oh we're Palace we we're, we're probably no one cares about us you know it's that kind of mentality and I kind of think that you know unfortunately for for a club like London City. That is, it's, it's like a made-up name. I know that sounds really stupid, but you know, like when you used to read like Royal the Rovers, and it's like, how can they check, like me, like Everdon instead of like you know, they, they they wouldn't say the actual names, so and they'd change it and stuff like that. It, do you know what I mean? It's just like you can't go. Who are London City? Oh yeah, you know, well they're, they're men's sides in the cha- in the championship. They're just then they used to be Millwall. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of think that's going to be the same for hashtag down the line. Um, and I think it'll even be, it'll even be the issue for the likes of Lewis and that, where their teams are predominantly non-league sides. I think that they will struggle because you just haven't got that marketable. You know, it's not America. How how does when you when you're marketing Man United, Liverpool, and Chelsea and Arsenal, how do you market London City with it? Because people have got the people that are attracted to that have got no recognition or identity to that club whatsoever. I think that's right, Mike. But what I would say is that you mentioned Messi and Inter Milan. So say, say for example, London City um, get Trinity Rodman on loan or Sophia Smith from America on loan. That's the sort of thing that I would expect them to be. Not not those players, potentially, because they're at the very top end of the US uh, national team. But say a well-known player towards the end of their career, um, you know, um, Lucy Bronze, right? She's say she finishes at Barcelona, in you know, and Man, and London City. I mean, say they get say they say they increase it to sixteen teams, and they're one of the ones that get in there, and then they bring in all these players um, that people know. That's the sort of thing that will be build their support. Lucy Bronze joining because you know she's got two years left of her career, maybe, um, and she goes to London City or something like that because that's where the, you know they've got the money behind them. That's the thing that will start building their support because. And success as well, like Man City, I remember, I mean, I know they're a big club, Man City, but until they started getting all the money, um, uh, like, you know, they were, you, now you go you go anywhere around the world, you see a Man City shirt. I mean, t- 20 years, 10 years, 15 years ago, you'd never see a Man City shirt anywhere. It was just, it was just Liverpool and Arsenal and, and Man United, you know. So things do change. You know, there are these different cycles. And I think, you're right. They can't build up the support through the traditional means of, you know, a club being supported, a men's club being supported by a group of people and all that. But they can definitely build up a following. Um, um, you look at Milton Keynes Dons, right? They they basically were Wimbledon. They went up to Milton Keynes. They get they get decent crowds. They weren't they weren't they were they were a brand new team that was started. A lot of people were anti them as well. It was anti football because of AFC Wimbledon and everything. But you, it can happen. And I think with her backing, I think I I just got a feeling that London City can bring in some players that will give put them on the map. And I think it's diff, uh, for different reasons. I think they could they could do it. I think they could break the mold. 
I think the thing is, Milton kids. Keynes didn't have a teamer, did it? It's, I don't no, know. I but... think you, you're right, and you, you're spot on, and, and you, 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 you know that that could well happen, 100. percent I just think I don't think you'll get to that. I think it's you know we see it a lot where these takeovers happen, of you know the pipe dreams of this is happening and that's going to happen, and then it never actually does. And I think when she comes in, and you know all of a sudden the reality kicks in, if, if they're not going to go up this season, you know, no. then you know if it's still only one spot next season, they're going to find unless they go immensely hard in the summer. They're going to find next season tough because you can have whichever team comes down from the WSL as well as everyone else is pushing. As um, well as Newcastle. Yeah, and Newcastle. And she's going to so, have to go toe-to-toe with them. So, you know, you've got all of that. But you make... I know, obviously, when you've got, got bigger money, it's less of an issue. But you make nothing in this league. You, you know, you, there's no... You get nothing out of the Conti Cup. You know, you're only going to go a couple of rounds in the FA Cup, which obviously the price line has improved. But it's not... You know, you haven't got the sponsorship levels, you haven't got the crowd levels. So when you're coming from, you know, the NW, NWSL as a team and um, Leon with their success in the Champions League and stuff, London City in Dartford in the Championship with 20 <laughs> people that turn up is a very different thing. Do you know what I mean? I, I just think that it's very... It's, the idea is there, and it may well be that she creates this whole massive team and you're right, they kick on and... They actually, you know, they're that standout entity. They've got, they can, they can garner a whole new fan base of people who've got no attachment to anyone else. And it, it could be huge. 100% you're right. But I just kind of think of, it's got to get to that point. And I, I just think in a year and a half time, if they're still in the championship, you know, are, is that interest still going to be there? Because it's a hell of a difference when you're getting, what well, I mean, they don't, you know, in the NWSL, they get 20,000, 30,000 at games, then I believe. You know, and obviously, it's, it's, women's football is massive out there, and there's more coverage and investment and stuff in it. You know, and all of a sudden now she's going to be with one one commentator who's, who hasn't really got a clue on, uh, other than a couple of them on the on the FA player. At, at yeah. Park. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I just think that it's 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 that it's that idea of it, and it's I think that's what could hold it back. Um. Personally. I've just got I've just got a feeling that she knows what the future deal's gonna be like for T V money in the in in England English women's football. I think it's gonna be as big as anywhere in the world for women's football. Similar to the Premier League for men, you know, it's the biggest most you know, it's it's the richest league in the world, without doubt. And I just, I think she thinks that the women's game's gonna go as, not as much money, obviously, but in a similar way and be the biggest league in the world. And I think there's a good chance of that happening with the T V companies that'll be bidding for it. If they get it right, um, I think it's I think to put money in, knowing that you're gonna get all this money back from tv money in the wsl it's like all the clubs in the championship for men gambling away trying to get into the premier league because it's 100 worth 150 million in tv money each year minimum it's gonna i think this i think she sees that i think i don't i, I think she might be right as well because i think in the next five years the tv money for women's football is going to be huge and i think there'll be stipulations around it i think every every team in the wsl is going to have to have certain criteria a minimum 5000 capacity and all that sort of stuff um to make it you know um right. attractive 
Um, I think there'll be a lot of stipulations, but I do think that's the way it's going to go. And I think she can see it happening. I wouldn't be surprised if she just chucks loads of money in, knowing that there's going to be massive rewards coming in the TV money in the future. But I might be well wrong, of course. You're right, there is that, there is that option there. It's, it could go either way, couldn't it? It's, it's, I mean, it's just the fan base, though, isn't it? That's, that, as, that's as Mike the one says. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right, Jude. That is the one thing. Well, you Mike cannot said. buy fans. You cannot go and you buy. Can't. You you can go and buy Lucy Bronze, but you can't buy it ten thousand fans. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you'll have you'll have you'll have two they'll have two good attendances in January because we're playing them away twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know well, I mean? It's quite a local game for us, isn't it? Yeah. But um, right on that note, I uh, if everyone's happy, I'm going to round things up. Um, you guys are happy with that? Yeah. yeah thanks. Been really enjoyable, Mike. Thanks. Lovely. Lovely. Well, yeah. Thank you to everyone who's, who's taken part in it today. Uh, Phil, obviously, as always. Uh, Jews, thank you. It's always great to have you on. Um, and obviously to those who have uh, departed us already. Uh, Ash for Lewis, who was our surprise, a surprise entrance in the end. Um, Graham for Sunderland. Mark for Watford. And obviously we even had a little bit for, of Nick from Wolves. So um, thank you to everybody who's taken part and everyone who's listened. I hope it's been uh, enjoyable. Uh, a good experience. I love doing stuff like this because this is what it's about. It's about listening to the fans from other teams, getting to know, you know, talking about, uh, learning, learning about each other's clubs, but talking about the game together. We've all got, at the end of the day, you know, we all wear, we wear different colours, we go to different grounds, but we all support the same sport. Um, and I think it's great to be able to do stuff like this, which is why I really wanted to do it again. And I think it's a great way to celebrate our two-year anniversary and to ring in the new year. So, uh, yes, thanks to everybody. I hope it's been really enjoyable for you all. Um... And a really a good listen and informative. Um, Sean and I will be back next week as we preview the FA Cup return. We are going to win one trophy this season. Actually, we're still for the treble. We're still for the treble. Scrap that. We're in. We're, we're in every. We're in every we're competition. It's incredible. So we're going to yeah. sweep the board this season. So tune in next week for the next uh, leg of that as we get ready for Blackburn <laughs> at the VBS in the Cup. And just finally, just one mention again. Um, as I say. Go, if you go to my profile page, there is the, the pin tweet there. The raffle for the, raffle for the, uh, the signed shirt and the tickets for the rearranged Sheffield United game where we will not be welcoming their manager. I repeat, we will not be welcoming their manager. Uh, but you get, there's the raffle for the signed Palace shirt, or you can just enter without wanting to win anything. Uh, all proceeds go to the Medicusac Foundation. Um, so please, please, if you can... Um, play a part in our, uh, raising money for a great cause. Um, so that's there. So thank you very much. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, Mike. Legends, thank you very much. It's been an absolute top night. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Take care. And come on, you palace. We're part of the